0: I'm Keegan, and I'm Madigan, and you're listening to Your, Your Angry, Angry Neighborhood, Neighborhood feminist. feminist.
1: This is a podcast where we explore the world through our own personal feminist perspectives, and I feel like we haven't done this. With that being
0: said, we haven't done yeah, that yeah, in a yeah. while. Totally, and, we, and that needs to happen for this episode.
1: <laughs> yeah, so we get things wrong. We do our best to do good research for you guys and to give it to you straight, but we are not experts. We are not gender studies majors. We are not historians. We are none of those things. We are two girls in a closet talking about feminist feminist stuff through our own personal feminist perspectives. Yeah, and
0: <laughs> like... A lot of this stuff, too, I think whenever we always say this when we're doing historical figures or anything that involves a lot of historical research, there are so many stories out there. And yeah. I feel like it's like a game of telephone, especially the older the history. Yeah. Um, you can read six different articles and... All of the major points will be the same, but the little details will be different. So if you, if it's someone you know, and you're like, oh well, I thought this other thing happened, or that part's wrong, yeah, it might not be that we're wrong and you're right, or you're right and you know, it's, it's just that. There's so much information out there that it's or hard to know. For
1: me, this week, there was so little information that oh, I was yeah. trying to, like, I had very few sources to go from. And, like, one of my main sources this week, as is one of my sources every week,
0: is Wikipedia. Mm-hmm. But there's not a whole lot anywhere else. So. Yeah, I mean,. I think, too, this is going to be kind of a shorty, surprisingly. Usually when we do these, like, book report-style episodes, they're kind of long. But I think for both of us, because we're doing forgotten feminist faves, part of them being forgotten is that there isn't a plethora of information. Yeah. So when I say that, like, there's contradictory information on the internet, it's not that I'm overwhelmed with information right. on this person that I'm is about It's that there's to. a
1: lack of, but then the three options you have are, like... Different.
0: Right, and I they're like you. small details. It'll be like someone said vineyard and someone said barn, and then you're like, "What? You know, <laughs> like, but where? Which was one it? was it?" And you just kind yeah. of pick one and go with it, you know? Right. Um. Okay. I'm so. excited to know who you're doing this
1: week. Yeah, because you know who
0: I'm talking
1: about. I, I do. don't know who you're talking about.
0: This was someone who I did not know about until I. I was like, you know what? I really want to find someone pretty unknown to me. Yeah, and. Because it's always fun. Yeah, it's always fun to, like, learn about new people. Because I feel like, especially with feminism, or really with any topic, you hear the same five names over and over and over again. uh, Hailed as the, like, icons, heroines of feminism. So, this is a woman named Franca Viola. I'm excited. Yes. Okay. So... Franca Viola was born on January 9th, 1948, and she was an Italian woman. I'm going to try not to look at my notes just because I feel like I always tell a better story if I don't have to be glued to my notes. You always do well. So, you the same, but yeah. <laughs> let's do this. So when Franca was 15, she was dating this man who was 23, mm-hmm. already a red flag, but it was the 60s, yeah. so it's kind of like, okay. So she was in, I think it was the south of France, okay. uh, not south of France, south, south of Italy, and it was kind of like a smaller town. Got so, it. it was definitely not moving with the times of, like, the 1960s. So, being 15 yeah. and dating a twenty year older. old wasn't a big deal no. at all. Um, kind of like a farming vineyard community. Yeah. So, he was 23, and his name was Filippo Mel- Melodia. There's going to be a lot of Italian in this. I might fuck a good amount of it up. Okay. So, she dated him kind of, like, briefly, and Melodia was the nephew of a known uh, mafia member.
1: So okay.
0: I mean, that's just Italy, right? <laughs> no offense, We're Italy. We're sorry to you, Italy. No, I'm
1: totally kidding. I just have a friend from Italy where we used to always
0: make fun of her for that. My apologies. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> but, so, I guess her father found out that he had mafia ties. Right. He got arrested for, like, theft or something, and he was like, I don't know that I want you dating this guy. So she was like okay i'll i'll end it with him and it turns out that he was leaving this the town anyway to go do something else so it goodbye. all worked out goodbye so she starts dating this other guy whenever um melodia is gone he goes to germany and by the time wait melodia goes to germany yes okay. yeah and so in this time she meets someone else i think yeah. his name is giuseppe something or another That's so funny because the girl that i knew from italy used to date a giuseppe, a giuseppe. Um, or Giuseppe, I don't know Giuseppe. if I'm saying it right. She, she called him Giuseppe. Giuseppe. So, she's dating him. Life is going well for her. She's happy. She's in love. She's known him for, like, a really long time. Things are great. So, then Meladia returns back to this town. Um, I think it's called Al- Alcama. I want to say Alcama. Okay. Sounds so good to me. he returns and he's like, you know what? I want Franca back. I'm going to win her back. But tr- I am not a prize to be won. Precisely. Name and that movie. That is Aladdin. Thank you. Uh, ding ding ding. <laughs> um, what is ding, ding, Aladdin? Ding. Um. But he's like, okay, I'm gonna win Franca back. But she's like, no, thank you very much. Mm-hmm. I'm h- happy with Giuseppe. Everything's great. So he starts stalking her. He starts yeah. threatening her. He starts threatening her father, her boyfriend, just everybody. And Franca is constantly, consistently. Declining his advances. Yeah, guys, in case you didn't know this, stalking is not the way to a girl's heart. It doesn't make you more attractive or, yeah, it's just not gonna work. So on the morning of December 26, 1965, Melodia, so it's the day after Christmas, early, early morning, day after Christmas. Meladia and 12 of his friends, which I'm like, you know there had to be mafia ties here, because who just has 12 friends willing to do this? Who just has 12 friends, Keaton? Period. <laughs> um just kidding. You're lonely. <laughs> Meladia um, and 12 of his friends break into the Viola home. Oh, my God. They beat Franca's mother. No. And they kidnap Franca <gasps> and Franca's little brother... <gasps> Because he is, uh, Mariano is her, her little brother, yeah. and they, they kidnap him inadvertently because he's, like, eight years old and he refuses to let go of his sister's leg. <gasps> so he won't let go of her. So Maybe. they're like, I guess we're taking you both. So they take both of them. After a couple of hours, they release Mariano, but they take Franca to Melodia's um, to sister's, like, remote farmhouse. Yo. And they keep her. And uh-huh. trigger warning trigger warning just fast forward if you're sensitive they um beat her and yeah. repeatedly rape her so uh, this entire this time this is my worst nightmare right. i'm not even
1: like this is seriously my worst nightmare yeah absolutely okay real quick quick story there was a dude outside my apartment a couple nights ago scary scary so scary looked was like looking into my friend my neighbor's apartment and, like, Chris heard him, and then we woke up to—I woke up, at least, to, like, flashlights being shown into my house because there were cops there. <gasps> scary! We didn't know if it was cops or if it was the guy, and it was really creepy. And, like, Chris, like, slept with a switchblade behind So bed. scary, It dude. was so scary. But, like, that's what runs through my head is, like, this is the night that I'm going to get
0: kidnapped, and this is when that story begins. I think about that— a lot, like if I come home and Anthony's not home from work or he's yeah. out of town or whatever, I'm always so wary. Of I check anyone. every corner. Of my well, house. I'm very wary of anyone who's watching me come home alone and yes. watching me go into my apartment because yes. I'm like they—they they don't know that there's no one in my apartment, but what they're seeing is a single woman going into her apartment by yep. herself. Yep, and it's so it's like they. Could make the assumption that I'm by myself. And, and like, if they watch you enough, they get to know your routine. routines. Mm-hmm. Like, I get home from work around the same time every day. Yeah.
1: They know what apartment I live
0: in, et cetera, yeah, they et cetera. Don't know,
1: they don't know if Anthony's in or out. They can
0: watch to see That it. one handyman saw me naked that one time. <laughs> Just saying. If you don't know what I'm talking about, listen to our story time bonus episode. There you go. Okay, so they take her, they keep her in the house. They've uh, Melodia has raped her, not they. So only Melodia has raped her. Franca. I mean that still sucks. Yes, but <laughs> but I said it specifically because Melodia thinks he's going to get away with this. Yeah. Because there was a centuries old tradition, and I might say this wrong, so forgive me, but it's called matrimonio reparatore, which is Matrimonio Reparatore I'm so sorry Italy which is (laughs) which stands for rehabilitating marriage and so it's like they broke up and they're trying to like make things work so by having sex with her he's like making it work not quite so she she was a virgin because she was unmarried so at this time in this area of Italy you did not have sex outside of marriage so she was 16 or was she 17 don't know I have to check that. But, so she was a virgin, and there was this old tradition, there was this law, according to Article 544 of the Italian Criminal Code, sexual violence was considered an offense against morals, not against the person. So it was a moral, like, it was like a sin. It was like a moral crime. Right, right. So any girl who suffered the disgrace of losing her virginity, suffered the disgrace of losing her virginity, had little choice. She either submitted to a reparation marriage, so marrying your rapist, to restore her honor, um, or she faced a future of being, like, shunned as... And being a spinster because no one... She was a dishonored woman, essentially. How... Okay,
1: you were raped. It's your mm-hmm. fault. Yep. You have to marry this yep. person. Yep. You have to marry your rapist. What the actual... Yeah, exactly. Bug. So he thought he could get away with this. Yeah. He's be- like, oh, well, I had sex with you, so now you have to marry me.
0: Yeah, exactly. That's yeah. And, his and And if, if she did marry him, which... Uh, in most of these cases, that's they what did. the women do because, because they want to stay with their family. Yeah, they and feel they like they don't want to be dishonorable. Yeah, they feel like they don't have any choice. So if she did marry him, his crime, he couldn't be prosecuted. Yeah. It would be excused. His yeah. crime would be excused. Because, like, marital rape wasn't a thing until, like, 20 years ago. Right, yeah. She was a damaged woman, essentially. So, and in parts of the uh, country, in parts of the world, this is still a thing that happens. Like, you are forced to marry your rapist. It happens a lot in parts of the world. So, um, he totally thought that he was going to get away with this. Yeah. Um, Franca's father, he managed to get a hold of her rapist, Meladia, and... So, did he know that Meladia had... Franca? He, I think he figured. Just kind of, it was like a. It was, yeah. yeah. He'd been threatening them and he did break into the house with like all That's the men. True. So That's they true. probably saw him. Well, and there was the eight year old. Hopefully the eight year old right, probably said something. He yeah. did. He made it home. Good. Um, so he got in touch with them. Yeah. And basically played it up like. Yeah, totally. My daughter would be so disgraced if you didn't marry her. So yeah. if you just let her go, um, I will totally like she'll get married to you. Yeah. But all the while wink wink, nudge, nudge. Right. But all the while he was working really closely with the police. I'm not even gonna try and say they're Italian. <gasps> but the police name. but the police were like on board with like well, we don't want to make Right, because they were saying that she was kidnapped. So they're like, right. all right, well we're gonna try and, and get her back. So they the police were planning this dragnet operation to try and pull her out. Yeah. Um so on January second, nineteen sixty six, Franca was released after eight days. Over a week she had spent in this house with all of these people. Like yeah. with her rapist and all of these men. So she was released and her kidnappers were arrested. As expected, Melodia offered Viola a um, matrimonio rip- riparatore. Mm-hmm. Unexpectedly, she flatly refused. Mm-hmm. And not only that. He was like, wait, but your dad said. Well, and, <laughs> and like, women just didn't do that. Like, yeah. because no one wanted to live with that shame. Yeah. So it was just like, just endure marriage to this... Enduring marriage to your rapist was seen as preferable to dealing with the kind of, like, shame you were going to experience. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. So she refused, and even more unexpectedly, her family and friends firmly supported her, which usually your family would be encouraging you to, like, just accept the marriage because it's shame on us, too. I was just
1: going to say, I feel like that's the only way that these things change is when people... Who are close to the person that this happens to doesn't go along with it.
0: You right. know what I mean? Yes, yeah. Because it would have been hard as a teenage girl to do this without the support of your parents. You know? Oh, right. Yeah, exactly. Like, if they, were, if your mom was telling you like, no, you're bringing like dishonor then onto our family, she would be shunned. She wouldn't have any if, support. Yeah, we're gonna kick you out be, of our house yeah. if you if you don't marry him. Yeah. So she pressed ahead and she took him. To court, love it, and took the kidnappers to court for kidnapping, carnal violence, and intimidation. So she was now considered a woman without honor. So yeah. her family was now subjected to the, from the town, yeah, uh, with death threats, intimidation. At one point, they had their their vineyard and their cottage burned down, or maybe a barn. Who knows? But they, <laughs> Now I get
1: your reference. Game one in. of those things, of was, things burned was burned down. Burned, or all of those but things. But basically,
0: like, their property was right. was burned to the ground. They were harassed constantly. Which, can you fucking imagine harassing a family whose child was kidnapped and raped? And being like... I mean, honestly, it doesn't shock me
1: just because I, I know so much about that kind of stuff. And I listen to so much of that kind of stuff and read about so much of it. Where it's like... Um, I mean, I'll tell you about this off air about a podcast I was listening to where they were talking about like the appearance and how like that changes how you victimize a person. Yeah,
0: I, this this girl's really like beautiful too. But I, I but I think, mean,
1: it's the same kind of thing where it's like it doesn't matter if she was like raped if there's still those like moral standpoints. Like people will twist it well, into something else. And I
0: think that there is so much fear. Yeah, people have a lot of fear about traditions changing. Yeah. or losing their way of life. And yeah. if and if they. They see it as a threat to their way of life or, like, you're modernizing in a way that makes them scared or uncomfortable. Then it's irrational in some ways that they will f- fight to protect the most insane I mean, also, things. I feel like with people who may have been coping from the same thing themselves...
1: Right, or they're that like, I had to deal with
0: it. Why do you get to say no? Well,
1: and it can also just be one of those things, too, where it's like, yeah, what you said plus... um like, you start to really believe it yourself, that what you right. did was the right thing. So right. the fact that somebody else wasn't agreeing to it was, like, unbelievable right. to you. You have
0: to re-evaluate your entire worldview. Exactly. View. Yeah, yeah. Um, so Melodia's attorneys tried to pre- portray um, their defendant as a man who was sick with love. He just loved her so much. And that they went away together willingly. Yeah. And apparently there's a word for it. There's an Italian word for it. This was a thing that young couples would do. Like if their parents didn't consent to their marriage, they would use, they would, (laughs) well, kind of, they would use this law as a loophole by running off together, having sex and then coming back to their parents and being like, well, we had sex. So now we have to get married.
1: Oh. because because
0: otherwise it brings dishonor, dishonor. onto onto yeah. you guys so you dishonor have to dishonor on you dishonor on, on your cow.
1: <laughs> name that
0: movie <laughs> Hold on.
1: it's a ding, very ding, 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 ding. disney heavy episode <laughs> it is. um sorry i didn't mean to like no. i didn't mean to like make light of that situation no, but not you at say all. dishonor i Mulan. In my i head. know i do too
0: that's what goes through my head too <laughs> but so Yeah, I mean, so there was this thing that happened There was this kind of cultural thing that young people would do Where Mm -hmm. they would run away together have sex, come back, and and use this law to get married. So his defense team tried to be like, "That's what they were doing." Yeah, they were two young people in love who like, and now now she's ashamed that she did that. Mm. So she's saying that he he raped her or was like violent with her. If she was so ashamed, she
1: probably would have
0: just married him. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Um. So in in but okay, here's what it is in in their version of events, their romance was thwarted by Viola's father. So he's pressuring her now to Viola? say Viola. Uh, that's her last name, Franca Viola. Oh, okay, got it. So yeah, um, Franca's father, father is now pressuring her to say that she didn't want to be with him and he raped her. That's that's okay. their version of events. Okay, so. Viola uh, Franca took the stand mm-hmm. in court Wow! and said, I will marry the man I love, uh, which was kind of really, really, like, powerful. Like, she yeah. got on the stand and was just like, I won't marry you. Yeah. Like, I don't love you, and you raped me. I didn't go with you willingly. Yeah. Which was a really, really big thing to do. Already, your family's receiving so much hate. Well, and
1: also because you know that the odds are not in your favor of the jury or whatever is going to be. Right, because you. you're
0: you're bucking tradition like yeah. hard. But this kind of cemented her in um Italy at the time because I guess northern Italy was having a little bit of a um like northern Italy was modernizing. Right. And southern Italy wasn't. But but because of that, because northerners, northern northern Italians, they definitely looked at Southern Italians as being kind of like like regressive hillbillies. Well, uh,
1: you said too that this is a very small town, like mm-hmm. not a lot of people, so that right that makes sense.
0: Yeah, they looked at them as being kind of like regressive, and these laws were archaic. Yeah, and so she became kind of like a feminist icon, by, yeah. Like standing on on getting on the stand and being like, "Not today, most definitely." Yeah, I'm not. I'm not going to do that. So, in May of 1967, uh, Melodia was found guilty and sentenced to 11 years in prison. Doesn't seem wait, like it. Wait, guilty enough. of what? Um, oh, wait. Wait, wait, wait. When you said Melodia, I was thinking of Franca. My I know. Mom. It gets confusing. Yeah. Her attacker was found guilty. He was sentenced to 11 years in prison. Which is not enough. You're right. Right. Seven of his accomplices received four-year sentences for kidnapping a girl.
1: And what, about, five,
0: what about the other? Five of them, No charges. No charges. Um, Melodia was released from prison in 1976, Mm-mm. and he was banished from Sicily for his mob ties, and then he was murdered two years later
1: for, I like, mean, mafia
0: ties. I mean... Karma. He had it coming. He did have it coming. Um, in December of 1968, Franca Viola wed Giuseppe, <sighs> and he stayed He stayed by her side through that entire thing. That's amazing, right? Too. Whenever I'm sure... Probably members of his family was like, uh-uh. Uh-huh. Like, she's damaged goods. Yeah. You need to get out while you can. Right. You know, he was just like... I'm... It would have
1: been so much easier for him to just right. walk away. Yeah,
0: I'm sure he received so much shit yeah. for that. So... But he stuck by her through the entire wow. thing. And when it was done, they got married when she was, like, 20. So... <laughs> um when they got married, the Italian president sent $40, which would be around $300 today, oh. as a wedding present. The oh. Italian pres- uh, president did. And the country's transport minister gave the newlyweds a month of free railway wa- rides. Oh. And the couple had two sons, and they still live in Alcamo. Oh my god, they're still around today? They, yes, they're still oh. around, and they live in the same town. Like, oh. They were like, we're staying here. We're not going anywhere. This is like... The fairy tale. Yeah, I mean, this is the best case scenario to come out of something so fucking terrible. Yes! But, listen to this. Article 554, which was the the article that allowed that, that mandatory marriage... Yeah. ...allowing a rapist to marry his victim for reparation was finally repealed in 1981. Wow! So... That's a long time after this case. Yeah. 1965 to 1981. Yeah. That's how long it took to repeal this shit. Wow. Um, I'm sure she has something to do with that, too. I'm sure. I mean, she was maybe not the first, but definitely the biggest case. Yeah. Yeah the case that got the most media attention uh, that really, like, put the spotlight on the fact that this was happening. And that's
1: amazing because it was such a small town that yeah, she got so yeah. much attention.
0: And it, well, it probably didn't hurt that she, she is, like, really beautiful. I'll show you a picture. Yeah. Um. I mean, they say it helps. It, I absolutely. As I mean, sad if, as it is. As sad as it is, this is a fact we all know. Yeah. Even in, especially, like, in this country, it's just, like, if you are a beautiful white woman in particular yep. and you get murdered, oh, my God, like... That is a, yeah. like, media circus. Your story will be yeah. told forever. Yeah. So, I mean, this this story with uh, Franca actually got, like, worldwide coverage. Yeah. for That's why I'm surprised that none of us have heard of her, but I think it was yeah. like, a flash in the pan, like, worldwide coverage. So, in 2014, Franca Viola was awarded the title of... God, please bear with me. She was awarded the title of Grande Officiale del Ordin al Merito della Repubblica. You don't say. <laughs> by uh, President Giorgio uh, Napolitano in a public ceremony to mark International Women's Day. So she she was honored for International Women's Day in 2014. Oh my
1: God! Look at a picture of her as an old lady. I know. I saw her old lady oh. picture. So cute. I every time we talk about people, it's the first thing I we have to do is like look them up. Yeah. She really is a very unique beauty. Very yeah. Italian. Yes,
0: yes, yes. But so yeah, she's like. There's a movie. Yeah, and there were, like, two movies. This is who I am, and I'm not sorry. There were, like, two or three movies. In Italy, she's a big deal. Like, there were, like, two or three movies that were based on her life. Wow. Yeah. So, um, just amazing. And that was one that I I came across when I was looking for unique feminist stories that i have never heard of. Because... It is so hard to break with tradition. It's so hard to break with family values. It's so hard to break with religious ties or things Uh that are tied to things like that. And it can be really intimidating, especially when you're a young girl. So it's incredible that she was able to stand up for herself and I also love the show of solidarity from her family that they were yeah. just like you know what we care about we care about our fucking daughter like we don't yeah. and we care about what she went through like, and we that's don't care sometimes about... what
1: it takes where you mm-hmm. can be you can think of things a certain way and then when it happens to your family like, you know it shouldn't take that but sometimes when something happens to your family it's like when men say well I have a daughter now so mm-hmm. I feel this way
0: but what a testament to her yeah. family though because I mean look her little brother didn't let go of her le- like he yeah. tried to stay With her. Fuck you guys. Yeah. Yeah. In the midst of something that was probably really scary for him. As an eight year old boy, you can imagine he would have been like wanting to hide under the bed or something. And he was like, you know what? I'm going to try and protect my sister. That's amazing. You know? So, yeah. Franca, do we know what happened to her brother? No, I don't know anything about what happened to her brother. I mean, he's he's a hero. As all well. of all the articles I read essentially had the exact had that story. They had yes. the exact same story where that is an amazing story. Keaton. Yeah, it's incredible. Like- that is
1: f- amazing, and I'm definitely going to do what I can to know more about it. Yes.
0: Are you feeling down because when you rewatch your favorite movie from your childhood, you start to notice some troubling aspects?
1: Are you bothered by the sexism, racism, and homophobia in your favorite movies? Are you wondering whether or not it's still cool to watch and enjoy those things? Well, we have a podcast for you to help you work through all those feelings.
0: Hi, I'm Kristen. And I'm Elizabeth. And we're the hosts of our new podcast called Your Fave is Problematic.
1: We're going to take all of the pop culture things you love and dive into them and decide if we still love them or not. Available every Tuesday wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll see you there.
0: Tell well, me about tell me about
1: your person. Mine is way more lighthearted. hearted Oh, good! <laughs> it's like fucking. I'm glad you went second. Positive sunshine, lollipops, and rainbows. Good stuff. So I am going to be talking about Catherine Hepburn, and no, not the Catherine Hepburn that you are all not thinking. That Catherine. Not Hepburn. that Catherine Hepburn. Her mother,
0: <laughs> her mother is Catherine Martha Houghton Hepper. Can I say also that I, even though it made it very hard for you to do research, which I totally get, I kind of love it when women name their kids after them. Like when I watched Gilmore Girls, which I'm uh-huh. obsessed with Gilmore Girls, I love that show. Probably time for another rewatch of that show. You should um, listen to, I, did I tell you about that podcast, Your
1: favorite is Problematic? Don't, I I don't want to, I know. No, they do a whole episode on Gilmore Girls,
0: which is I, I know that it's problematic. I know that it has problematic names. I know, but that doesn't mean you can't like it. We talked about this before. Um, Sorry, continue. But Lorelai, there's Lorelai and Rory. Yeah. And whenever Rory's like, well, my name is Lorelai too. Yeah. And she just goes by Rory and she's like, well, my mom figured guys do it all the time. Like yeah. they, they name their kids after themselves yeah. all the time. Well,
1: it's, so we're going to learn that. Catherine Hepburn, the actress, both of her parents are very much feminists. And so Catherine Martha Houghton Hepburn (laughs) married, or married, named her daughter Catherine Hepburn, and then their father, I believe, named, yes, named their firstborn son after him as well. So they both did it. Little mini-me's. Little mini's. So, she was born on February 2nd, 1878 in Buffalo, New York. Her family and friends called her Kit. I love that. I do too. She is the daughter of Caroline and Alfred Houghton, a member of the Houghton family of Corning Incorporated Glassworks. Alright, so she was born into some money.
0: I mean, yeah. Some East Coast money.
1: Yeah, well, you know, and that's the thing that I, I wish I had more... Uh, information about her, because I feel like she did come from a bit of a, like, privileged background. This is during, um, you know, she's during, like, the suffragette movement, Mm -hmm. but also part of, like, as we'll read, um, part of the whole movement of birth control and things like that. So we know that the beginning of feminism was not the most inclusive. Right. So in today's standards... You know, it's not ideal, but in her day and age, Gotta she work was... with what we got. Exactly. So, Kit had two younger sisters, Edith and Marion. When the family wasn't in Buffalo, they were either in Hamburg, New York, or Corning, New York, for family business. The Houghton family was very conservative and part of the Episcopal Church, mm-hmm. except for Caroline and Alfred, who were progressive, free thinkers. So, Caroline and Alfred are Captain's parents. Okay. Okay. So she – this reminds me of my family a lot, which I've talked about on the podcast, where I come from a lot of very conservative family. My mom and dad are not conservative. So it kind of reminds me of that. They were raised, to like, to believe that they should get a quality education. They should be free thinkers to challenge what their parents teach them, to ch- challenge what their teachers teach them. And um, really kind of, like, they were, like, raising them to be these very – Forward thinking people. Mm -hmm. Oh, they also had uh, a lot of agnostic ideas. Okay, so very original. For the time. Yeah. In 1882, Kit's father committed suicide, leaving her mother, Caroline, to raise three girls. Oh, man. Yeah. And not long after, Caroline was diagnosed with stomach cancer, and she died in 1894.
0: Jesus Christ, how old was Kit? Well, okay, so her mom— You told me this was (laughs) lighthearted. You promised lighthearted, Madigan.
1: I haven't looked over my notes in a while. I'm sorry. (laughs) Okay, so, so Kevin's father died in 1882. Her mother died 12 years later. So she's okay. not like. what year was she She's not born? a baby. She's no. What you? She was born in seventy eight. So her father died when she was like five, and her mom died when she was like twelve years later. Thank, so yeah. that would have been. She was like seventeen. So before Caroline's death, her mother, just in case you all forgot, she instilled the importance of college education to her daughters on the grounds of being independent and pursue their own aspirations. Caroline's brother Amory. Believed women should attend finishing school, not college. Oh man, Amory. Yeah, sir. But sir, but Catherine was determined to attend college. So Amory was kind of the guy that was like taking care of the kids when, um, when her parents died, when Caroline died. But Catherine was also. Like 17 at the time. So she was yes, about like, that age. Of, she's like, bye, I'm going to college. So she graduated from Pennsylvania's Bryn Mawr College in 1899 with an AB in history and political science. The following year, she earned her master's degree in chemistry and physics. So girl, fucking smart.
0: Yeah. <laughs> very
1: smart. She then briefly attended Boston's Radcliffe College. Kit's sisters, Marion and Edith, received degrees from Bryn Mawr as well. Fun fact, that's also where Katherine Hepburn, the actress, got her uh, just degree. Ch- check out the big brains on the Hepburn girls, Oh, yeah, right? they, right? they're very smart. So let's talk a, l- a little bit about politics. Hepburn became interested in the suffrage movement and co-founded the Hartford Equal Franchise League in 1909. The following year, this organization absorbed into the Connecticut Women's Suffrage Association and became a branch of the National American Women's Suffrage Association. As president of the Connecticut Women's Suffrage Association, or the CWSA, Mm -hmm. Hepburn represented the state of Connecticut as part of a 1913 deputation that met with President Woodrow Wilson to, quote, seek some expression of the president of his attitude on the women's suffrage question. So she um, was educated enough and ballsy enough to, like, basically go up against president. I'm going to kind of go a little bit into her personal life because I just referred to her as Hepburn. So Kit met Thomas Norval Hepburn in 1903. Norval. Norval. <laughs> Such Th- an old school name. Old timey. Thomas Norval. <laughs> um, he was a medical student at Johns Hopkins. He uh, specialized in urology. Okay, And so I feel like that's very like, I think he dealt a lot with women and like women's Issues. Issues, like physically. So I, I wonder if like that kind of gave him, because he was like a very forward thinking person. And so I feel like that. Well, that would only do for Catherine. Yeah. She would have uh, to be exactly. with a, a forward thinking man, I think. Exactly. So they were married on None June. None of this
0: Amory bullshit. Right? Fuck you, Amory.
1: <laughs> they were married June 6 1904 and moved to Hartford, Connecticut, where Thomas completed his residency specializing in urology, as I said. So let's go back to politics. I did hem to cover a burp. In 1917, she resigned as CWSA president, calling the organization an old fashioned, calling it old fashioned and supine. Oh, so she's like, okay, she's like, yeah, I'm president and all, but like y'all are too old fashioned for me, (laughs) and also way too fancy words, and supine. You are too old-fashioned and supine. All right. She then joined Alice
0: Paul and the National Women's Party. As we talked about in our second wave episode, go back and listen to that if you have any questions about Alice Paul. Thank you, Keegan. You're welcome. Um, Which
1: was, so the National Women's Party was a suffrage organization with a very uh, aggressive reputation. Like, I like that. Like Keegan said, go back to our second
0: wave episode. I like my ladies aggressive. I like them real aggressive.
1: <laughs> Alice Paul recalled Hepburn as the unquestioned leader of the suffragists in Connecticut.
0: <laughs> you know, she's like, asterisk that shit, because... It's like,
1: ellipses. <laughs> in Connecticut. She was then elected legislative chairman of the organization's National Executive Committee. Uh, so the nineteenth amendment was ratified in nineteen twenty and um, the members of the Democratic Party actually asked her to run for US Senate and she was like, nah, even though Thomas, her husband, was like, You should do it. Like you would be great at this. She was like, No, I don't I don't really wish to do that. Eh. I don't wanna do it. So she No
0: thanks. Sounds like a lot of work. That'd yeah, be me. I'd be like, I'm good.
1: I'm good. I think
0: I've done enough. Well,
1: she hadn't done enough, and she knows she hadn't done enough. Um, so she becomes very involved in birth control advocacy. So Hepburn allied herself with Socialist Party USA member and international workers of the World Organizer, Margaret Sanger. Mm-hmm. Together they founded the American Birth Control League, which would evolve into Planned Parenthood.
0: It is bizarre to me that her daughter being who she was, mm-hmm. that we don't talk more about Katherine Hepburn Sr. because... She was just right there arm in arm with all the other members of
1: the, like... But I think it's also because maybe because of them having the same name that it's kind of a weird um, thing or people just kind of forget or move over it. And Catherine Hepburn Jr., if that's what you would call her, had her own very, like, unique set of um, kind of, like, feminist...
0: Right, she pushed the boundaries in other ways. Right, thank
1: you. And yeah. I was originally going to do Catherine Hepburn, the movie star, and right. then I started learning about her mom, and I was like, "Well, I know nothing about her mom." Right, she. Well, so- yeah, because
0: Catherine Hepburn, the movie star, isn't really forgotten, like, her feminism yeah. has had such a lasting impact on popular culture. Very much. So, um, And by the yeah. way, sorry, I just want to give a quick, quick correction. I think earlier, when I was talking about Alice Paul, I may have said, listen to our second wave episode. Listen to our first wave episode. Yeah. Not our second wave
1: episode. I probably said the same thing. My bad. So, 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 so. Hepburn was elected chair of Sanger's National Committee on Federal Legislation for Birth Control. In her autobiography, Sanger said of Hepburn, in her long public career, she had learned great efficiency, and she never let our witnesses run over time. Just as we were swinging along briskly, she inevitably tugged at a coat and passed over a slip time up in one minute so i think like that's that. just funny how that's what she's remembered for for just being super like on top of everybody's shit well i
0: mean and katherine hepburn jr is kind of remembered as being this like ball buster in yeah. hollywood and it seems like she probably got that from her mom like her mom was like a little no nonsense when it yeah. comes to just like this. Well, these,
1: them's the rules honey in 1934 hepburn and sanger and congressman walter marcus pierce i went to high school with the marcus pierce was just Made me You're really like, happy. Was your middle name Walter? Are <laughs> well, you a Walter? Descendant? Was his Walter was his first name? So I oh, guess. Okay, fine, whatever. All right. So, and Congressman Walter Marcus Pierce met with the House Judiciary. Marcus Pierce went (laughs) with the House Judiciary Committee in Washington, D.C. on behalf of the bill which would allow doctors to give contraceptive information to their patients, which we've talked about. You couldn't even give information to your patients about birth control or talk to them about their options. So Hepburn, Sanger, and Walter Marcus Pierce all went to kind of help make that happen. By this time, her daughter Catherine was an established movie star, and Catholic radio priest Charles Coughlin was rallying against the bill, and the press dubbed the event Radio Father versus Movie Ma. Oh, Right?
0: I don't like that at yeah, all. Yeah, I and don't... And see, like, I hate that, like, whenever someone in your orbit becomes famous, then all you ever are is just a, like, extension of that famous person. Like, right. Like, you ha- are. I would be so pissed. I'd be... Like, I love my daughter, but I would still be so pissed. I'd be like, I've been working... I went to fucking college. I have, like, six degrees, (laughs) and I've been working as a feminist and suffragette and, like... On these issues forever, and you've boiled me down to To a movie movie star
1: ma. Yeah, and I feel like, you know, they're saying Radio Father, and I feel like people knew of it enough to know that, like, it was a priest. And if you're going up against somebody of, like, high religious stature in what you're, like, the 30s, right? Let me double check. It was, like, 19. Yeah, probably. Yeah, it was 1934. So that is a big no-no. And if he was, like, famous on the radio... Right, like, and that was another an thing, That's actress, like
0: actress, which was also seen as kind of this, like, Well, and seedy... Katherine Hepburn was not your typical
1: actress, mm-hmm. either. So it was kind of like, oh, they have the same name. They must just both be, like, these hoodlums or whatever, you know? So speaking of her kids, she raised six children. That's too many.
0: She raised kidding. six children. That's just a, it's a lot. It's a lot, you know? But, you know, do what you gotta do. And back in those days, it, it wasn't that many. And some people uh, yeah. just like having kids, man.
1: Yeah, you know, you do you. Yeah. I, I know somebody who's, like, on her fourth right now. Yeah, I've got friends who have four. That's bonkers <laughs> yeah. to me. I mean, no judgment here. More power to you, man, but I couldn't do Honestly, it. Honestly,
0: you got a lot of strength. Like, there. I have a friend here who has five, and I'm like, and no. she loves it. She wanted yeah. to have that many, and I'm like, I'm just, you are the most selfless person I've ever met. No, I I'm, would. I'm tired thinking about five children uh, right now. Agreed. So the House
1: committee rejected the bill that was about giving contraceptive information to their patients, but Time magazine published an article noting the success of Hepburn and Sanger birth control propaganda and yielding favorable local results for its cause. Even though the bill didn't get passed, they still made like a really lasting impression on people. Mm-hmm. They still kind of became obviously very famous for this, and this movement just continued and continued. Hepburn was an avid public speaker and gave numerous speeches to cities on the East Coast, including Carnegie Hall. I love women who don't shut up. Like, that's, like, my favorite. Oh my
0: God. Like, I, this I woman say does that. Just doesn't
1: shut up. I say that, and then I am I think about myself, and I'm like, fuck.
0: Um. Uh, yeah, I guess, I guess <laughs> same for me. Yeah. But I just love women who are just like, nah, I'm just going to go talk about this anyway. Yeah. Even if it, like, Well, makes and I think they had
1: a lot of people that wanted to hear it, you know? Yeah.
0: Her speeches were not
1: always popular. At times, bricks or rocks would be thrown at the Hepburn house. Nevertheless, she remained active in reform movements for the rest of her life.
0: Sometimes I wonder about, like, people getting so upset. Like, I cannot imagine being so upset about something like contraceptives that I would throw a brick through someone's window. Well, because
1: we're not part of that world anymore but I mean I'm I'm sure there are still parts of the world I mean I think about my why
0: but why I know
1: Keegan because people don't understand it so I went to a Catholic elementary slash middle school we got like the talk in fifth grade where they split the boys and the girls up and they talked about stuff but like Honestly, there was no for my talk. I don't remember there really being much talk about sex. It was more about our period. But I know the guys got a sex talk, right? Like we got and a it's period not talk, about same. right, and it's not about wear a condom. It's about abstinence, right? And that's how I grew up too. But but the but thing this is- was but this but this is when we were this is when we were younger. But right. think about it. Back in those days, especially if if some. Catholic priest has the power to create this whole like radio father versus movie ma kind of thing. I think there's still a lot of, again, like what you said earlier, these like homegrown American values.
0: Right. And you get scared of things changing. That that has to be what it is. And I think
1: that it's like you don't want
0: sin to be brought, whether no matter what religion you are, you don't want sin to be brought into your area. I totally get it. I get it on that plane as far as like, and having grown up very Christian, I totally get. I get it that mm-hmm. you think it's it's wrong or sinful, etc., to to be on birth control or whatever contraceptives. But the thing is, that's that person's sin. And why would you think that? Because throwing, they believe that it's it's tainting the world but by throwing, getting that info. Because honestly, doctors,
1: because doctors are then giving their patients the option. So if this young girl comes in saying she's pregnant, they say. What would you like to do? Here are your options. They don't right, want to be giving people the options. We're not even talking options. about
0: abortions, though. We're talking about contraceptive pills, right? And to me, it's like I, I get it. I understand that people, lot of people are just shitty. That that is I, I like get that the people are just shitty. Like I understand that, but it's also like throwing a brick through someone's window is the same thing that I used to think about whenever I lived in Springfield and in downtown. There would be people with signs that are just basically like, um, and trigger warning again, but, like, they would have signs that literally say, like, are going to hell. Yeah. Like, if you're an unmarried woman, you're, or, or if you're a divorced woman, you're this or that with, like, and I always wondered, like, and this was when I was very religious even, I always wondered, like, who are you winning over to yeah. Christ with these messages? You're not. Throwing a brick through someone's window to try and yeah. stop them from using contraceptives isn't bringing them to Christ. No, you know what I mean? Not like, at all. It's but not stopping them from sinning. But they're trying to scare them
1: into not not... Speaking yeah, anymore. that's so stupid. No, okay. it's anyway. completely, it's complete bullshit. So she was a socialist sympathizer and considered herself a Marxist. Her daughter also once described her mother as a communist, which is, you know,
0: probably not very smart well, during but, that but, time. Yeah, it's not smart during the blast- blacklisting area area blacklisting era, but. Communism wasn't always a bad word still isn't in some ways. I mean, Angela Davis is a communist. Yeah. A lot of people Well, are we communists. have a
1: different idea. I think a little bit of communism now because it doesn't have as much like uh heat around it anymore. It doesn't it doesn't weigh as heavily as it did during like the blacklisting era or like the red scare. Right. We're not really in that anymore and we're more I feel like as a whole willing to learn about Well, it.
0: communism as a principle isn't, is fine. is not a bad yeah. like you know, so I agree was socialism. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's,
1: it's, as we get older, I feel we understand more and more about the actual meaning behind these yeah, things yeah, instead totally. of just being judgmental.
0: Yeah, but yeah, you definitely, it probably you wasn't know? good for Catherine Hepburn either because she definitely lived through that. Like the, well, and hostinger. I think she probably said that she, too to be yeah. like,
1: yeah, my mom a communist. What you can do about it? I mean, I don't know. Maybe she wasn't, but to me, it's kind of like she's, I would assume is very proud of her mom. She had very similar views.
0: We should cover McCarthyism and what that was really like. Yeah. Because it destroyed people's lives. I agree. I completely agree.
1: So more, more about Miss, Miss Catherine Houghton Hepburn. She enjoyed political debate, current events, Russian history, specifically the Bolshevik revolution, the works of Shakespeare and Bernard Shaw and golf. Literally most of those are things where I'm like, yup. Like That's so yeah, Minus political golf. debates, yeah. Uh current events, yes. Russian h- history, specifically the Bolshevik Revolution, fascinating. Fuck yeah, the works of Shakespeare, obviously. Bernard Shaw? Give it give it to me. Golf? No. No. You yeah, lost me. you lost me at golf. You lost me. She preferred plays to movies. Her daughter Catherine once said it was quote, "Curious that fate gave her a movie queen daughter." That's cute. She was like, "I like plays, none of this" None of these
0: talkies. She's also an old lady. Like, old, old yeah. people like all the old shit, you know what I mean? I mean,
1: well, it's funny, too, because um, the kid that I nanny for says the same thing. It's like, I'd rather see a play. I'm like, That's I feel sweet. It. I feel you, dude. So, Catherine died unexpectedly of a cerebral hemorrhage in March of 1951 at age 73. Her legacy, one of the quotes that she's famous for that I love is, Don't regret your daily chores. They are what keep you from going insane.
0: As much as I hate chores, because I absolutely hate chores, it is part of self care. I was not, just going to say not that, not in the yeah. same way that like doing a face mask is self care, no. but it's taking care of your like m- you do genuinely feel better, or at least I do when, when your house is when clean. your house is clean. Oh yeah! So, 1988, Planned Parenthood
1: Federation of America established the Catherine Houghton Hepburn Fund, which provides emergency funds for the cause of reproductive rights. Yay! 1994. Hepburn was indicted into the Connecticut Women's Hall of Fame and included in the field of, quote, reformers. Get it, girl. Yeah. 2006, her alma mater, Bryn Mawr, opened the Catherine Houghton Hepburn Center in honor of both of the Catherines. Yay! The center inspires Bryn Mawr students and graduates to make a meaningful impact on the world. That was lovely. See, I'm telling you, like, yeah, the parents dying, it sucks, but it's like any Disney movie. Um, yeah. Which is like our second theme out of tonight's of the episode, ashes you know, of adversity. Yeah, well, and the thing is that she was also old enough, and we we talked about Amory. You know, I, I that to me, I did not even remember that part of the story. It'll be like latched onto it. She's like, I'm old enough to do whatever the fuck I want. Yeah,
0: I'm seventeen.
1: I'm gonna get, out get out of a of co- scholarship at King's yeah, College. Get the I'ma- fuck out of my face.
0: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> see the go into a I'm Hamilton sorry. rap. Uh, Ugh, um, no, but I think that – I'm glad that you did her because it's a shame – I don't want to say it's a shame that her daughter is remembered more than her because I love Katherine Hepburn. Yeah. And to me, she is a feminist icon and an idol and, and all of those things, and I'm and I'm so happy that she existed in my life. Yeah. But I feel like both of them should have been equally famous, and it, it, it's one of those and things. And I feel like you know? it's also – part of the name thing they kind of have molded into into the same yeah Yeah. yeah.
1: I mean I again I did pages of research on Katherine Hepburn the actress Mm -hmm. and I started just kind of like reading bits and pieces about her mom and I was like these are all things that I really don't know much about and it's true and my friend Lauren who kind of like I was thinking about people that I wanted to talk about she loves Katherine Hepburn the Mm -hmm. actress and I was telling her, I was like, "Oh yeah, I'm gonna do her her mom this week." And she's like, "Oh my god, I don't know anything about her." And she's a yeah. huge Katherine Hepburn fan. And like, well, that's yeah, nothing against her, but
0: it's just that we don't talk about it. And well, people know who Margaret Sanger is and Alice Paul are. If you were gonna, if you were going to try and do research on your own, or like, if you were, because what happens to me is I will oftentimes fall down rabbit holes uh-huh. and and like run into people. It's less likely to happen with someone like Katherine Hepburn senior, yeah. because she has the same. Name spelled the same way as her daughter, so yeah, it's less likely to just pop up in a search, you know what I mean? Oh, like, you
1: look up Catherine Houghton Hepburn, and a lot
0: of times the actress will right come because up. Google is p- pulling up Catherine and Hepburn, like, yeah, all of, like that's what it's pulling up, and that's yeah. what most of 95% of the images or articles exactly. are going to be about, exactly. You know, so.
1: which you know, if if anything, if Catherine Hepburn, the actress, has brought you anywhere to feminism, and you've at least heard about her mom, because I feel like it's mentioned, like, oh, she had a feminist mom, you're like, oh, then it makes sense for why she is the way that she is. You know, we can only hope that each generation becomes better and and evolves into something different. So I feel like, you know, I feel like she wouldn't be bitter and be like, oh, where's my... No,
0: I don't think you so know, at all. I think she it's would like, have been proud of her daughter.
1: You know, I think like, she was incredibly proud of her daughter. I think she was... It sounds like she was a little critical, because she's like, I like plays. Well, yeah. I um, but mean, like <laughs>
0: but you can be proud and also not like I know that my mom doesn't listen to this like every episode right. of this podcast. Right. But she's but still she's, very proud and of me. in fact, I talked to her um the other day and she was just like I think it's really good for you and I'm yeah. like and she's proud of me for doing it. So exactly. it's one of those things. You don't have to
1: have the same interest to be proud. And right, I think yeah.
0: that for me if I had a daughter who
1: was very feminist in whatever the feminist movement is going to be years from now. And Very you maybe involved. don't understand
0: it entirely. Well, but maybe you're I, like, that's well, great. <laughs> but it's also like
1: it's something that that is so important to me that even if I'm still fighting the fight for what we're working on right now, and she's ten steps ahead of me, I'm so proud of her for being ten steps ahead of me. Right? Like you maybe, know? I,
0: and who knows if this is the case or not? But just as an example, like maybe Catherine. Hepburn senior didn't care about wearing pants or not. Like maybe that didn't matter to her, but it mattered to Katherine Hepburn the younger. And it well, was, a and big we'll deal. learn more
1: about her too. She was yeah. very much a tomboy. She, even, I think she went wanted to be called Jimmy or something when she was little. I can't remember off the top of my head, but she's very fascinating. Yeah, so. I love,
0: I love her, and I yeah. love that you you covered her mom, and I love that we. Did this. I know we had talked about wanting to do a second volume of Forgotten Feminist Faves, because we always do these things where we're like, this is volume one, and then we just have never done a volume two. Yeah, I think it's important to go back. Yeah, I love that, because there are so many. Like, that's the thing, is, like, if you really start looking into who are feminists that I've never heard of before, they are everywhere and they deserve to be acknowledged yeah. and talked I've about. I've thought of a few even just during mm-hmm. our conversation yeah. where there's people in my life that
1: I've uh, admired that I've never realized are these like kind
0: Of feminist icons, right? Or but like they've these maybe never been given that label, yeah, you know, or people who came up against this kind of like crazy adversity and managed yep. to like overcome it or overturn laws, or yeah, you know, whatever. So, I'm really happy that we did this episode. I hope that you guys enjoyed this episode, yeah. If you have any, like, um, I'm sorry. Did you have anything else? No. Okay. It. No, I closed my book. I'm done. I'm good. If, if you guys have any additional information about either one of these amazing women that maybe we and didn't I know And I do about. know that I left out a lot because a lot of it has to do with
1: Katherine Hepburn Jr. Right. Okay. Life. Yeah. So I know there's going to be stuff about my story that's like left out because Katherine Hepburn, the movie star's story is kind of melds into. Right, of course. Yeah, it's her mom. Like, their lives would intersect. stuff with their kids I didn't talk about. But but
0: do, like, send us an email. Like, let us know. Or, again, like I said earlier, if there are are other feminists that you feel like don't get recognized enough that you want people to know about their lives or the amazing things that they've done, Mm -hmm. please send us an email because it's fascinating to us. We like reading that stuff too. Um, and you know, send us any sister solidarity stories you have any. Yeah. We've
1: gotten a few this week, which makes me so happy to keep
0: them coming. Yeah. So just anything that you want to tell us about or talk to us about definitely email us at yeah. neighborhoodfeminists at gmail.com uh, get us on social media we're trying to be better about about posting more often it has been a kind of a crazy couple of weeks with us being yeah. out of town
1: I did really good while you were out of town I posted <clears throat> pretty much every day while you were out of town and then when I was out of town it was you know a shit show but I've been I think I posted every day this week
0: Um. yeah we've yeah we've posted every day this week so yeah. yeah we're doing our best guys yeah so, definitely get us on Instagram at Angry Neighborhood Feminist. You can find us on Twitter at um, Yamp Podcast. Y-A-N-F, Y-A-N-F Podcast. Podcast. You can get us on Facebook. Well, I feel like you can't just say Yamp, or people are like, what? What? Yeah, no, you can't. You have to spell it out. Get us on Facebook. We are everywhere. Everywhere that you're looking for us, we probably are. I want to give
1: a quick... Uh, spotlight onto Radio Public. Yes, please. Yes. We haven't talked to you guys about Radio Public in a while. It's a free app where you can listen to us for free where we get a very small um, payment in return. Yeah. Um,
0: If you want to support us financially right now until we have a Patreon or merch set up, that's the best way to do it. Um, And I will say about Radio Public... Sometimes when I publish the episodes, if you're just like, I need to listen to this episode the minute it becomes available... Radio it almost always goes up on Radio Public first. Does it really? Yeah, like it might take like this last time I uploaded, you were like, where
1: is it on Apple Podcast? It, it took like, Apple Podcast is slow.
0: It took like half an hour to yeah. get onto Apple Podcast. And sometimes
1: they don't, because um, I obviously subscribe to my own podcast. Mm-hmm. It'll tell me like the next day.
0: Yeah, sometimes the um like the notifications are late. But even if you're watching for it, sometimes it takes like a while. On Radio Public, if you get the Radio Public app, it goes up right away. Like it's pretty much immediate. And
1: also if you guys want to be on top of it, I don't think we've ever said this, but we post our full length episodes on Mondays and our mini episodes on Thursdays. Just in case you want to like really stay on top of it. I don't think we've ever really like vocally clarified yeah that. or and
0: also like follow us on social media because we always make a post when a new episode is yeah on. so yeah. you can definitely get the deets there if yeah and we usually
1: post photos that go along with yeah the so if, topic. You're, if you're
0: curious about what franca viola looks like you, you'll know yeah follow us on instagram <laughs> and you'll see it yeah so.
1: oh you guys love you all you all are so splendid Totally. And I'm so tired.
0: So am I. I'm like super. I want to get this makeup off of my face so bad.
1: You look so pretty.
0: Oh, thank you. You look so pretty. I'm all sweaty <laughs> and gross.
1: I didn't take a shower so bad. All right. So you guys, with that being said, we encourage you to, to rage, rage on. on. Bye.